0: We're back. Another episode. Jack Daniels is in full effect today, bringing you another episode of this life ain't for everybody podcast. Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking Lynchburg, Tennessee. I'm headed there soon. I got nothing but mad love and respect for the brand as a whole and how they support our culture of the American outdoorsman, fisher, hunter, gatherer, provider, conservationist. We're so proud of our relationship with Jack Daniels. And today We're talking to a man that has probably written about Jack Daniels. He's sang about Jack Daniels, I'm sure, on more than one occasion. If not his own stuff, I'm sure he sang a a cover of a David Allen Coe song or something during his time. He's from Florida. He's got a song out that uh, I don't know how many great songs he's got, but so many. But the one that I was jamming to today is this Whiskey and Rain, which Jack Daniels song, right? But Michael Ray, what's up, my brother?
1: what's up man how are you i'm good brother i've sang uh and partook and and jack daniels for for a while so
0: you know what i've learned about jack daniels with with working with him michael is it's the number one branded tattoo in the world that people get as far as a brand goes it's the number one in the world. Like I guess they go through maybe tattoo shops and ink artists and stuff. And like they accumulate them, you know, you have any idea what number two would be if you had to guess like a, a national brand that would be on somebody's skin. Oh man. Um... I'll give you a hint if you don't get it in five seconds.
1: If it, if it was if it was early 2000s, I'd say the Playboy Bunny, but <laughs> oh, that's
0: a good call. that's a good call, but yeah, I, swear, I,
1: I swear there was a point in time where every everybody at least from my where I'm from, I swear everybody had the Playboy Bunny um, at some point, but I, I um,
0: S- think of Sturgis
1: Oh, the Harley-Davidson, yeah no way,
0: number two, yeah so well, makes again, me feel good. So again, there might do you have one? Well Harley yeah
1: you right ride- you know, I, I, I don't have one on my I don't have one person, my dad, um, so I grew up with my dad actually went to uh, motorcycle mechanic school after retiring uh, from being a paramedic firefighter. he'd always wanted to kind of have a, a shop out of the garage. He was always working on them, and, and I grew up around him, so uh, everything I know about him, I learned from him and, and his buddies that, uh, that that we all rode together growing up i don't, I don't currently have one, but um, I love him
0: you you talk about growing up, and I know you're from like I love Florida, and here's why. There's nothing that you can't do there, except maybe, (laughs) I mean, you could even climb a mountain in certain parts of Florida if you get to the right spot. But it's literally like the sportsman's paradise, beach paradise. You got all the way down from, I guess, you know, kind of the, the Gulf Coast where you got the the Panama beaches and all that, and then all the way down the West coast. And then you wrap around Fort Lauderdale and Miami down on the Southern tip, Boca Raton. And then you come up the East side and I've fished all over all of that. You got to love it, right? You got to still visit that place a bunch.
1: Oh man, as much as possible, especially um, last year, you know, being able to go down there where we live, uh, where my dad and all my family lives at is, is in the middle of, in the woods, man. Like you, you put a gate up. The only way to get there is helicopter, <laughs> and uh, it's it's far back um, off this road in Central Florida. And we all grew up hunting there. We grew up, um, you know, le- the roads we learned how to drive on. I mean, when I say all my family, I mean everybody in this like one little piece. Or uh, at the time, well, it was a two lane road still, but. Now everybody kind of lives on the same plot. Before a while, it was, uh, you know, my dad's pasture bumped up to my uncles, bumped up to my great uncles, bumped up to my great grandma. So everybody rode rode their bikes and, you know, grew up grew up being around there. And it's where I'm from, man. It's dead center in the state. So the greatest part was we had we could hunt, we could fish, bass, whatever. And then 45 minutes if we wanted to be at the be at the beach and and chill there. You know, or an hour and a half south of Gainesville. So I feel like we had a little bit a little bit of everything
0: and and with what you do for a living you mix it with that country boy florida scene are you getting inundated with with the skinnered and i would think maybe on the countryside a little john anderson you're born in 1988 so you're like right in that time frame where seminole wind is getting ready to pop i think that was like 91 maybe 92 so you're young when it comes out but i'm sure your dad's rocking that type of music right
1: man that was that's one thing i'm so grateful for my family had a band when i was a kid and they you know played a lot of uh way more traditional country music so my first introduction to music was was that older music that was older than my time i should say you know the merle Haggards, waylon earl thomas conley um you know alabama uh all all of them and my dad yeah my dad was one turning me on to zz top and leonard skinner and allman brothers and Thirty-eight special, and and John Anderson, and John Anderson's from a popka, which is only about 20, 25 minutes from where I'm from. Uh, so he was he was a he was a staple in our household. Man, we played him all the time. Seminal win, uh, swinging. Uh, Swingin', uh D- it was don't. funny. My family had their band. That was like the big song, I guess. And my dad had to cover it at every show. So by the time like I got older, and I realized, with well, you know, I like swinging, he's like, turn it off.
2: <laughs> I played this, I played this damn thing nine thousand times, bro. He's like, I'm just a just,
0: swinging,
1: i just a swinging. There's
2: a little girl in our neighborhood. Yeah, no, you I grew up good, all
0: this stuff, all right.
1: man. Uh, you know, him, you know, him. Sawyer Brown. They are from the same same high school in a
0: the, the other song that I would have called out that I love to hear that I would love to hear you cover is uh, "Don't Ask Her on a Straight." Oh tequila. man, yeah. man, I love that song, man. Um, if you really want to know, oh she comes god, a lot.
2: So damn good. it, you
0: sound good, boy, man. You must have been, ah. been you must have been warming up the vocal warm ups this morning.
1: <laughs> During some tea, you know, put a little Jack Daniels in it, and, you know, a little hot toddy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, my aunt Cleo taught me about a hot toddy one time. I was in Deer Camp and and I didn't know what it was, and uh, I was about. 19 and i got i had a not really a bad fever but i was starting one and she said i got just what you need and it it really did help for the rest of the the deer hunting excursion but you mentioned sawyer brown um star search right ed mcmahon weren't they discovered on on one of the like the the original talent show back in the day that you could win and 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 get a record deal
1: yeah yeah i think i heard somebody say uh star search was the original american idol (laughs) yeah (laughs) back in the day and it was true yeah they uh Man, they they I, I want to say they won. Their, uh, they won, yeah, yeah. And then that and that's what got them going, man. I have been able to play some festivals, um, obviously before twenty twenty, where they they started these festivals started putting um, you know guys from my class up, but then also like a lot of those nineties artists in as well. And so we we've been able to do a few um, few shows with Sawyer Brown, and I'm telling you, man, one of the, one of one of my favorite shows. I mean, one, just two, a bunch of my favorite guys, man, That they're, they're such nice dudes. But Mark's energy on stage is still to this day, whatever age he is, how many years of touring and all the shows, is still at 20, like it was when he was, you know, first starting out and coming out. It's, just, it's a great show. If anybody gets a chance to see Sawyer Brown when things open back up, I, I encourage it. And I think, I think that a lot of the Florida country stuff, a lot of people don't know how many of us are from, from Florida. I mean, Jake's from Vero. Easton's. Corbin's from North Florida. Um, Sawyer Brown, John Anderson. Uh, and, you know, then you got the the, the Skinner, it's the Mellencamps, so, you know, all there, there's a lot of music that's came through Florida. So
0: It's crazy because when you think, I want to get back to Mark, but it, when you think about country music, you think Nashville, you think Tennessee, you think Texas maybe because of George Strait being called the king, right. right? Then you hear, then you got one of the greatest of all time in Dwight Yoakam that's, I believe, a Kentucky boy, maybe North Kentucky or something, but he made Bakersfield beat kind of like the Buck Owens scene down there. But man, if you if you dissect Georgia and Florida, that corridor right there, good night, is there like some insane talent that's come out of that region?
1: <laughs> there's, there's a lot of us coming through there. Yeah, it's true, man, because – I guess people just don't really think about it. Like you said, there's so much. I, I remember always looking at other places growing up in Florida because you know how it is when you're a kid and you're from your town. Every place looks better. Every place is, you know, you're, uh, has something more cool or whatever. It's not until you get older and, and, and you start realizing that that town that, you know, I, I never had that much of that. I always, I always love Eustis and love Lake County. And I, I love being from Central Florida because I felt, like I said, I feel like we had the best of everything. You know, we could fish, hunt in the morning, beach in the afternoon, lake, whatever. Um, but I always felt like Florida was just such a melting pot of different things. There's so much going on that you can't really pinpoint one thing to it. You know, it's a, so. I, I think the music scene's kind of always gotten overlooked um, because there's just so much about the state.
0: I yeah, I man, I've been luckily, luck, luckily, I've been able to do Florida the right way whether it was music and being at Tortuga or being at the jams up in the, you know the Destin area or the Panama beaches you got the Florida which is literally probably the coolest place in the United States of America right
1: one of my favorite places ever
0: it's the, it is so cool to think about about you know, just knowing that David Lee sits in that place and has written songs with Kenny or whatever, you know, like that whole that whole aura of the Florabama is so cool to me. But that state is it's just energy it's love it's like culture it's the vibe of florida is what i seek out you know and where i'm Absolutely. at where i'm at you get it a little bit but when you're in florida man whether you're on those white sand beaches in orange beach or destin or wherever and then you can go all the way down to fort lauderdale and experience you know sail fishing and lobster catching whatever you can do i mean and then you got the gator hunting you got the white tail deer hunting you got some duck hunting you got unbelievable osceola turkey hunting you got yep. some of the best wild hog hunting in the world i mean florida is and then you got lake okeechobee for bass food. it's got some of the best bass waters in the country too
1: and you and, and everything's driving distance you know so it's always it was good man I, like i said i always uh always felt very fortunate being from there just because i you know i love the outdoors and, and my family being outdoorsmen and and just growing up in that in that lifestyle of country music and, and outdoors uh florida was like the, the best melting pot for for a guy like me to grow up
0: <laughs> so were you fired up at the super bowl this year
1: Man, I was yeah. So I I grew up a big Bucks fan, and you know when when I saw uh, when I saw that Brady was coming coming over, I was like, "This is going to be interesting to see how this goes," you know. And I I felt like all of us were. I I felt like okay, he's going to come here. He's going to he's going to be be who he is, you know, a great quarterback, a great leader. uh, Probably do one season. Show, you know, whatever that is, show that he can win a ring or go to the super bowl or go to playoffs with without the Patriots. It was, you know, he could do it with another team. And then that might be it. But hey, we'll take it. And then to see what he's done with that team and just the atmosphere of that city. I mean, it's electric. I mean, just the way I mean, you got uh the lightning who won the Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay Bucks now with the Super Bowl. Tampa's just on fire right now, man, and it's in, in a cool way. And I I was uh, I was happy to see see my team back on top because I, I remember the last time uh, I was younger, but the last time they won a Super Bowl uh with A. Train and all them boys, Warren Sapp, who's from Apopka as well. Uh, it, it just the excitement of that, but what him and Gronk, just the whole entire team, man, uh, the coaching staff. That I think they've uh, I think they've really changed it, and I think we're going to see some really good football out of out of Tampa Bay Bucks for the next four years.
0: Yeah, man, it snuck up on me because. Duck hunting and traveling like I was. I remember watching like the first game or the second game of the season, and Brady looked terrible. I think he threw two picks. <laughs> he got sacked. He got sacked like five times. and I'm like, oh man, this is that's not going to pay off like they thought he would. And I bet you that. I yeah. bet you that. I bet you New England's fired up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like. That dude just won another Super Bowl. He threw another touchdown pass to Gronk. You talk about a legacy in a career, man, what those guys are going to be able to do when they're 80 years old sitting on a porch if they're not both concussed enough to where they can't remember it, because Gronk, <laughs> they've taken some shots. But man, what a freaking legacy, huh?
1: Dude, I mean, to to think and to see what he did and the fact that we got to watch that go down. I mean, that that, that was historic. Um, to see to see the way that he came in like you said. I remember seeing those first few games, going, "Ah, uh, this is <laughs> this isn't good. This ain't, we might not, we might have. Uh, yeah, I think I think the plan was right, but I don't think the execution is going <laughs> to
0: happen. We got him at the wrong time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like, maybe maybe yeah, uh, you know, maybe he should have just retired or something. And then I'll be damned, dude, if he don't just <laughs> zone it all how, in. And, how did and, it
0: happen with Gronk? I don't, I I really don't know. How he ended up there, I knew that Brady got traded down there, or he was going to, you know, pretty much he was forced to retire or take another offer, whatever the case was. But did Gronk come out of retirement too to go join Brady?
1: Gronk came out of retirement. Brady, Brady, uh, Brady's been setting his team up, man, and, and the guys and the players that he that he knows will will take us to the Super Bowl again. I just saw where Gronk signed another one year, ten million dollar deal with the Bucks, so he's coming back. Um, so yeah, he literally came out of retirement. He got Gronk out of retirement, brought him to Tampa, gets everything in line, gets our offensive line uh, right, and then we win a Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is in Brady coming back?
1: Brady's coming back. Brady just signed a four-year deal.
0: Four more years? Four isn't more like, years? Bro. Isn't he like forty-three?
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's yeah. So he just signed a four more a four-year deal. Gronk's coming back for. Uh, one year, I'm, I'm I'm assuming Gronk might be coming back year by year. You know, uh, Brady, but, Brady's
0: going to play until he's 50 years old. I bet you that's his goal.
1: That's probably what. I wonder what the oldest quarterback is that was currently playing. Had to be what Favre.
0: Yeah, I bet you it was Brett Favre. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I wish I had a Joe Rogan uh, Google fact checker all the time right now. <laughs> Not on that level yet, Michael Ray. Um, oldest. QB to play in NFL. Can Google do it? Steve Dahlberg.
1: Samsonite. I was way off.
0: Yeah, Samsonite. Steve Dahlberg played when he was uh, 44 years old.
1: That's crazy to think that that's, I mean, that's like, that's ancient.
0: They say, though, that the oldest ever. Was forty eight George Blanda, but they don't they don't say that he played in a game at forty eight. But anyway, it, I mean Brady is in unbelievable world class shape. That's what he's known for is his off season regimen and staying in shape. Are you? Are you a workout nut? You look like you stay in good shape. Is the aesthetics part of your business a very important commercial part of it? The album covers, the 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 magazine covers, the digital stuff, the print ads, the billboards, Michael Ray, listen to it on Spotify when you're driving up to Broadway to get off to go, to go down to Whiskey Bend and hang out for the night or Midtown or somewhere. Is aesthetics really important to you at this stage in your career?
1: It is, man. I, I, mean, I saw an interview that, uh, Tim McGraw did a long time ago and he was just talking about it was right when he was uh, I think he just got sober was getting into you know looking like the, the Tim McGraw 2.0 that he is now uh, and he, he said something that that really struck stuck with me and it was you know people spend their hard earned money to come out and see, see your show right they come out they get the hotel they get the babysitter they go to dinner they ask the girl out they get the friends whatever that is um, it's 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 an effort to get to that show, and just like you sounded good, um, the better you, the more in shape you are, the better you feel, the better you're going to sing. It's just a, it's it's like with anything, your mental state's better, and so um, I, I think it's very important, man. I, I think it's part of our job to to try to keep ourselves as healthy as we can, um, especially with the lifestyle that we live, even if you do everything right, you're still running 100 miles an hour, even if you don't drink and you try to get sleep, you're still going constantly, you're, you're living on a moving bus, you're in an airplane, you're in a van, you're this, you're, you know, uh, li- very little sleep to, to go and be on. And, and uh, for me, I've realized that if I, I I try to live in an 80-20, 80% workout, eat right, and then 20%, you know, drink and, and try to have try to have a life and, and, and hang out. And so I uh, that, that's kind of what my thing's been for the last few years. And yeah, I think, I think it's important. I think, I think being in shape is just like having a tuned guitar. It, it, it helps you, you know, it, it helps you do your job and it it makes everything better.
0: I couldn't agree more, man. It's like, you know, if you're out of shape, you just don't feel good you just can't and when you when yeah. your when your when your knees hurt or your tendons or your ligaments or getting off the couch is a, becomes a difficult task it's time to say hey man it's life is too important looking good and feeling good and performing good and you know making sure that you're creating that best version of yourself is it's got to be important because life is too valuable man it's too precious to do it any other way i want to enjoy all of it i want my daughter's ten. and when i'm in the pool with her man i want to be able to keep up i want her to be able to get (laughs) on my shoulders and jump off and so there's just you know i i look at it of you know the the in shapes the 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 performers that really take care of themselves and it's a it's a it's a a marathon right man you're looking for that long career and that's the thing about what you do is this is your career writing songs and performing for people i would feel the same way i want to look good and i reverting back to what we were just touching on michael ray Sawyer Brown, I, I, I would have to imagine that Garth Brooks, because I remember Garth, you know, the, the Garth 1.0 of the early 90s when I'd go to a show and he'd grab on the rope and swing over the, the, the mosh pit and the floor and he would climb the, la- the, the ladders up on the rigging of the stage. I mean, Sawyer Brown, the first concert that I ever went to in my life was, and this is a, I'm throwing you off a minute, but it was Twisted Sister Open for Iron Maiden. The first country concert I ever went to, Tanya Tucker was with Sawyer Brown and it was in California at Marriott's Great America. And I remember standing there, I was probably nine years old, 10 years old. And literally like this dude blew my mind, his energy on stage, how good a shape he was in. He was like not huffing and puffing. He'd run around like Axl Rose, but he'd still carry his notes. And man, Sawyer Brown, like I wanted to get back to him. Those guys, I don't know where they went because I heard they kind of went the gospel route here for a minute. But when they were doing the races on the Jones cover or they were doing guy, you know, some girls do, some girls don't like guys like me, that stuff. They were a freaking hammer, man.
1: Man, and just their songs too. I mean, you go back to their to, to their catalog of songs and music. And hey, you know, like I said, I've been able to do some festivals, I and mean, I've got to know those guys pretty well. Um, and when watching their set, you know, I I'm I'm a student, man. And whenever we get to do shows, or if I'm on tour with somebody else, or I'm opening, or or we're festival or whatever it is, and there's somebody that I feel like I could learn from, I watch. Uh, side stage and Sawyer Brown is is one of those bands. I'm I try to make sure my meet and greet's done. If I, I, I try to make sure that time frame is 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 free as free as it can be, uh, just to go up there not only to support but to watch and learn, man. I mean they're they're some of the best entertainers you're ever going to see, and and they're, they they do some gospel, but they're back doing doing country, and I think they might be doing a little bit of both. But uh, but yeah, man. I, I I another thing. I mean, like you said, look at that. Like he could be doing that if he you know, was out of shape or didn't take care of himself. And especially, you know, throughout the years of of them touring as much as they do, I think they're still doing like 80 dates, 90 dates, maybe a year. I mean, it's crazy. They're still touring, I mean, just as much as they ever have, so.
0: Man, that makes me sad about COVID because I'd do anything right now this Friday night to go see you and Sawyer Brown or just see Mark ripping that stage. Uh, I I've seen Sawyer Brown now probably 15, 20 times, and every time I was blown away. But I gotta ask you three deals that I try to that I try to get to on a, on all my music podcasts. <laughs> and I just want your opinion. I'm gonna state some opinions and I just wanna know if you humbly agree or if you stri- you know strongly disagree. Okay jamie johnson's one of the best vocalists and the lonesome song is one of the most unbelievable all-around country albums of all time
1: no oh, i agree absolutely morning sun made its way oh, the windshield oh. of my oh. like one of the best that whole album you know, it's funny you mentioned him because i literally just my buddy jeremy popoff and aj popoff uh, oh, introduced lit. me lit lit
0: I love Jeremy and AJ, dude. They've been on this show, dude. My own worst enemy. They've been on the Jeremy's been on the podcast.
2: Oh no way, dude! Yeah. I'll have to hit him up, man. I'll have to hit him up. So I, big, so. I I
0: set Jeremy uh, the backstory. I set Jeremy up with Tim on a group text to maybe do a co-write uh, with uh, Ben Ratliff, who I'm going to get into in a second too. But yeah, I was uh, Jeremy and Tim were were talking a little bit. I believe
1: yeah uh yeah i think jeremy was just over at tim's house not long ago jeremy was telling me jeremy and them introduced me to uh to my idol of a songwriter and artist uh jeffrey Steele. and uh, we just did a uh a benefit that they do every year for for uh, jeffrey's um foundation that he made underneath his son alex um who tra- uh, passed away um 14 15 years ago and so uh we were just talking about jamie because yeah jeremy and all the real good buddies with him and, and i've been listening to that record for the last couple of weeks traveling and stuff. It's so good, dude. It still still stands, still the best. I agree.
0: Um, it's unbelievable, too. You know, Jeremy wrote Mowing Down the Roses with Jamie on that album. Yeah. And the story of how they wrote that song in Los Angeles, laying on Jeremy's couch. It was unbel- Like, Jeremy told the story on this podcast about when him and Jamie wrote that song. And I'm like, dude, I jam that song, like, literally at least 10 times a week still. Like, that whole album, <laughs> I'm just... But, um, okay, the next one is... Is Chris Knight one of the best songwriters of our time or of all music? Are you a big fan of Chris Knight?
1: I, I am. Yeah, I'm um, a big fan. I think that I think his um, the way that the, the way that he writes, I think you you see that in a lot of in a lot of different different writers as well right now.
0: Oh, I like that answer. So that leads me into my third one. And you can, and I just want honesty. And I know you're an honest dude. Is Brent Cobb a good songwriter? Brent Cobb? Yeah.
1: Brent Cobb is one of the best all around.
0: Wow. Look at that. Dude, are you, are you being I, for real?
1: I, I'm being dead, 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 here. Yeah. I love Brent, man. I think he, I think there's some, there's, I, And and here's the thing. I don't know Brent well at all. I don't, I think I might've met him once, but um, just always been a big fan of his stuff, man. And I, I discovered him, um, I think so, it was years ago, man. Like, I mean, you like probably five, six, seven, eight years ago and somebody posted something. And I was like, it was right at the time where I was like, all right, if you, if you're a beard, long haired mountain looking dude, you probably sing your ass off and I'm probably going to want to jam to this, you know? <laughs> and so, and so I saw somebody post and I was like, I got to check this guy out. And uh, listen to it, and I was just blown away, man. And I've never written with him, so this none of this comes from any experience except I'm just a Brent Cobb fan.
0: Wow, that's so cool. It was it was probably maybe Shine on Rainy Day when you were listening to it at that time?
1: I yeah. think it was. Yeah, it was right. Uh, yeah, it was.
0: Oh, that uh, that song. Yeah. Uh, anyway, those are my those are my three staple questions because I always like to know like. From an outsider looking in, from where I'm from, I'm from Nevada. Nevada. You probably say Nevada, but it's Nevada. I don't want to correct right. you if you do end up saying <laughs> it. But hey, I get that. But it's one of those things to where when I when I listen to night or I listen to Brandt, like I I kind of tend to compare people's songwriting to what Brent's doing and, and and putting that lyric out front. So I always like to know kind of the general conception of a guy like you that has an awesome career. You're commercially successful. You've had number one hits. You've, you're a songwriter. You're a singer. You got a great following. It just always blows my mind that Brent is there, but he's still like hidden. He's like a hidden gem to me to where he doesn't have that 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 touring right now. He's open for Stapleton a lot. But it's just, you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? It's not like I know what I know the term is like breaking an artist. And I know that somebody like Brent doesn't give a rat's ass if he breaks or not, probably. But to me, I've always said the world deserves to hear Brent Cobb's music. That's how I describe it.
1: I agree with you, man. I I, I think that's the one good thing, one of the many good things about um streaming services is, is i think it's allowing more people to discover uh artists that like you said like maybe they don't you know they, they're they're cool doing their thing but everybody else around was going like no nah, man people should really hear this <laughs> like, like, no I, I get where you're at i understand you probably don't give a shit either way but we're saying you know people need to hear and and what happens is like what happened you know with me when i got introduced to brand it wasn't anything more than just somebody posting it and me going, oh wow! Well, I wonder who that is. And I've heard his name around town before, so I knew who he was, but I'd never met him or or anything like that. Really, didn't know any of his, any of his music at that time. Um, so I, I think I think that's why you're seeing a lot more of those guys start to get noticed because people are diving into their music because it's it's you know we share it and now we have all these other platforms for people to discover music, whether that's somebody on a on a major record company or maybe some you know. 17 year old prodigy in his, in his house, you know, his parents house somewhere and, and, uh, and, in, in, in Alabama or somewhere. And, and, and they get discovered that way. So I, I think, uh, I think we're going to see more, uh, of that, that, that type of artists get more of the recognition they deserve because people are going to be discovering them easier than just having, you know, not being able to find their CD now.
0: I agree, I, and I and I and I've always said that I hope like what you're saying is what my hope is because I just I think that somebody like at his talent level deserves it, right? And it, you got yeah. discovered the way you did, and hopefully this new way of streaming and people being able to find music and content will get uh, somebody like Brent Cobb to be a headliner because I mean he's amazing live too. Um, let's let's move on over to another mutual friend of ours. What makes Tim Montana so? The word I'm going to say is you can tell me if you agree with the word or not, but what makes him so contagious? Because at first sight, you're like, well, maybe... But then all of a sudden, you're like, like writing this dude a Valentine's Day card in a nice, <laughs> friendly way. But you know what I'm saying, Michael Ray? He's just a sweet man that when you, when you look at him from aesthetically, you're like, ah, that dude's probably going to be a barfighter. You know? like, but then you meet him and you're like, holy jeez, I want this dude around my kids. He's so sweet. He jumps up in your arms and hugs you when he sees you. He's always optimistic and always in a good mood. Does this, does this describe him in a legit, true fashion that I'm saying?
1: He will also bar fight. He will also <laughs> <bar fight.
0: laughs> I have fought him one time and I want you to ask him, you can call him after this and say, tell me about when you fought Belding in Arkansas. And I just want to know what he says to you. Text me. I okay. bet you're just going to go ha ha ha. When he tells you the story.
1: Dude, everybody I know has a wrestling story with Tim. I'm going to tell you something funny, man. This is a, uh, this is how I think people are meant to meet in this, in, in the world. I think God does put people uh, in, in, in your life and, make sure that you meet them, you know, make sure that, that they're a part for about a year and a half. I was getting told all the time, man, you know who you need to meet, man. You two hit it off, dude. Y'all Tim Montana, man, you gotta meet. I'm telling you. And it'd be from the most random people ever, not the same group, like Steven Lyles from love and theft to somebody else to some of my buddies that fight MMA and UFC to, I mean, for about a year and a half. Right. And I was on tour and, and, I met I met Tim a couple times, um, or saw him, and I didn't. I don't think really think I met him. I think I just saw him at Whiskey Jam, which is a thing they do on Monday nights here in, in Nashville, and it gets packed. So it's really not you're not really meeting you know too many people. Um, but anyway, about a year and a half, I'm playing Taste of Country in Buffalo, New York. We go. We tour the Buffalo Bills off uh, facility, and um, a couple of players are there. I talked to them. I'm like, hey y'all, y'all come out to the show. Here's my number. I'll get y'all. Parking spots backstage. And well, Hank, so they all come off. So it's off season. So I got Eric Woods, who's now a real good buddy of mine, who's the center. Um Incognito is there. Uh Colt Anderson. Um Colton Schultz, was a was a kicker. Uh anyway, I got I got a lot of the Buffalo Bills with me, right? We play the show. We get we get off. They're all I brought them all on stage. We sing, we get back to the bus. These dudes are on off season. They drink everything. Well, I mean, we just we just have a time. Dude. We're just hanging in the bus. Everything, man, it's so Colt Anderson was sitting in there by the door of the bus, and I'm just sitting there. We're drinking, playing music. Everybody's you know talking. He goes, dude, I got to say this, man. I've been thinking this all day. I got a buddy of mine you have to meet. And I go, I'm in Buffalo, New York, right? I've never met Colts ever in my life. Uh, he goes, I got me, and I go dude, if you say Tim Montana, I want you to FaceTime him right now. And he goes, how'd you know? And I was like, no way. No, no way. I was like FaceTime this dude right now. And so he FaceTimes, I was like, dude, we're supposed to meet and that guy's been my brother ever since, man. And I love him. I think one of the many, one of the many things everybody will agree on with Tim is he is himself 24, seven, no matter who's around. And I've learned so much from him in the way of his optimistic, uh, Mindset, the way I, I mean, he literally does visualize this stuff, and it and it does happen, it comes true, and and I think that people just love his his authenticity. What you see is what you get, you know. And Danielle, his wife, is like, the, you're not going to get a more better put together couple than them two. You know, and now, she's awesome. <laughs> I mean, no, and they're just uh, thank God, thank God, he has he has her to uh, you know. She she lets him get outside the line a little bit, but she um, she brings him in.
0: Dude, I that story could have went that way or it could have went when the guy saw like he was standing by the door of the bus. He's like, hey, man, there's this red bearded dude out front here. And then you bring your buddy Tim up and he starts a fight with all these Buffalo Bills <laughs> yeah. and just gets waxed on the bus. But we're we're you say the wrestling story. We're in we're, uh, you know, Trevor Ledoux. Have you met Tim's buddy, Trevor, the Ledoux oh, yeah. family? Yep. OK, so we're at the Ledoux's, uh duck camp in Arkansas two years ago. Oh,
1: I was just there.
0: A badass place, right? Did That's you meet beautiful, Mr. Man. Did you meet Mr. Mary McCollum from Max Bray Wings? Uh,
1: no, he was not there. He
0: was that no. But yeah. we go out and we're playing washers, and you know how they do the washer boards and all that. And Tim's do, you know, Tim's being Tim, and he starts in on the shadow boxing first, and just some light jabs, and maybe a le- you know, and we're shadow boxing, and then it starts a little bit of the face slapping, like slap boxing in the streets, a little rap style stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> man, he's getting he's getting really touchy, you know. So it, then it goes into. All right, first takedown kind of wins. And then it goes into more of an MMA kind of deal to where I literally, and you can ask him, I... like three rounds in a row I smoke him to where he can't breathe like I got him choked out he's just like oh my god I had no idea and so I I, I, I pinned him up against the wall and I felt something go wrong where I knew he kind of got hurt I think I think we got a little <laughs> too aggressive and dude, yeah. he, he stands up and he's all woozy and I'm like oh my god I gotta go and I thought for sure it was gonna go down more but I just got back in my truck and like literally sped out of the gravel driveway because I'm like I don't want to fight Tim I love him um So I'm in a podcast in Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart the next day. This is how unbelievable this guy is. I'm sitting there in the podcast and I get text messages just start blowing up my phone. and I'm like, what is going on? I'm trying to do this podcast. So I can't help but look. And it's Trevor Pardue, Michael Ray. He goes, it's a picture of Tim Montana in the emergency room with his head in his back. He's got... IV's in his arms and he's and he's just messed up and tim goes or trevor's writes hey man whatever happened last night it's not good i need to talk to you i stopped the podcast in the middle i'm with the main people at max brawis i stopped the podcast go guys i gotta go for a second please hit pause have my producer hit pause i go out in the parking lot michael ray I said what is going on he goes bro i don't know what happened but he's got this going on that son of a bitch was in the hospital a year and a half or two years before this and had this picture taken of him when he was all dehydrated and messed up from something. And he, Tim Montana got me so good, Michael Ray. I'm freaking out that this dude is in the hospital hurting from our wrestling match. Dude, I'm hyperventilating and sweating like crazy. And Trevor Purdue goes, oh, I'm just messing with you. He wants to say hello. And he's in the truck and he's just like falling out of his pickup truck laughing while I'm sitting there hyperventilating on the phone that that I just hurt my buddy. (laughs) Tore me up, dude.
1: My last... My last time at the, uh, at, at the, the, duck hunt, uh, camp, we went and we were headed back and we had to get gas and, you know, Tim, we've been drinking, uh, Tim, you know, made a little more than, than us. And the whole time he'd been getting a little, a little bit more rowdy, uh, and, you know, just a little more drunk faster than normal. And he was having indigestion real bad, like burping, like everything was hurting on him. He said, but he kept going. He gets out, he insists that he's gonna pay for the gas. So he gets out. I'm in the back with Enzo because we uh, Lee Bryce and Jared Demon were with us. And Enzo, uh Lee's manager is red,
0: red yeah. sitting
1: next to me. Um, I look up and Tim's pumping gas with a bush light in his hand, right? While in the the uh I think Trevor was driving. And then I look I, I'm on my phone and Trevor looks up and goes, Oh God, he's in their truck. I look back. We don't know these people behind us. All I see is Tim Montana's legs through the pass to the back driver's window, kicking, and he's just like this inside. And I'm like, I'm the, I, yo, I'm we're cut from the same plot. So I'm like, shit, we got you know, our boys in some shit, we got So, so I looked over, and what ended up happening was he just starts talking to these guys, and he said he 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 wanted to start this thing called window jumping. He's like. We'll just we'll just jump in windows and wrestle guys in trucks. I go and it worked that way, man. Like, That's how you get shot. He said he some Alutans saw this old boy with a beard and thought he he gets it. So he just dove <laughs> in these strangers' car, starts wrestling these big uh, these big Arkansas boys, and and luckily the one guy goes God dang! And the one guy looks at him. He's like he's like Wait a minute, are you Tim Montana the singer? <laughs> and this is this is oh. this is the best part. So he does all this. The day, the day we're, we get back, right. Or no, the day after the morning of our first hunt, me and Lee are up. It's like four in the morning. You know, we're trying to get everybody else up. Cause of course everybody got there the first night and we're, you know, we're going to take it easy and you never do. Never so you know, everybody's working on a couple hours sleep, whatever, making, making morning, uh, bloody Mary's <laughs> to go out there. <laughs> we find we get Tim up. Danielle told us strictly one, Make sure he doesn't die and to make sure he doesn't end up in the hospital. So we're like, got it. Which anybody, everybody that knows Tim knows that's a hard promise to make to his wife, but we wanted our friend to come and play. So we were like, okay, yeah. We wake up and he's like, He's like, I was throwing up blood last night. We're like, no, you weren't. Like, it wasn't blood. Like, you were drinking vodka cream. But he goes, I was throwing up blood. I talked to Danielle. And we're like, why'd you call Danielle? Dude, you can't, You shouldn't. He goes, I called my doctor. I was like, you called your doctor? <laughs> so we give him shit. You know, we're like, we're like dude, you're, you're, you're just being dramatic. We're just, you know, stop being a bitch. You know, just, he goes, he gets home, or we get home, and we're in his group text, and he goes to the hospital. The dude ended up having four bleeding ulcers. The entire so and he's drinking on top of it, so that's why ever, everything
2: made sense. Once we
0: got he
1: sent us. He sent us in the, in the group text a photo of him and the doctor while he was in the hospital bed, and then the, and then the uh, <laughs> the uh, the the photo of his of his four bleeding ulcers in the stomach.
0: God, which we man. still
1: showed no mercy. But I
0: re- I remember that day because Enzo, um, I love that dude. By the way,
1: the best man.
0: He uh he sent me that. Can you see it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, he goes, he said he he was I'm with Tim Montana Lee and Michael Ray. He says, Where are you? And I said, Damn, I'm jealous. I wish y'all are holding up a couple, I think spoon bills. Or no, speckle belly. Yeah. I see a speckle belly goose in there. But yeah, that uh that duck camp, man. But that dude, I'm telling you, but my my description of him is pretty key, right? I mean, it's dead on.
1: It's plenty, how, you're spot on. He's yeah, a great dude, on. just a great American. He's my favorite human man. I, I I love that guy. He's uh, he's he's one of the best dude. I can't tell you how many times um, one that one of many things I love about him. Too, I could go on and on, but one of the many things I love about him is is he's always he's always looking out how to help his friends too, and how you know anything that he has that makes sense for for me or whatever it could be just like a, a connection. He's like, hey, dude, you need to talk to these guys. Man, I'm talking yeah. about you. I think that they could help. It's never like, hey, dude, look what I got, you know, and it's always like, hey, dude, I got this. You need to get in on this and uh, always helping. And always I just he's 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 helped me a whole lot this last year in my life. I can say that and, and uh, even before, but especially this last year. And it's it means a lot to uh, to have him, him as a brother.
0: Man, I, I I think that when you talk about him, you you look at it like what you've gone through in the last year. And I don't know how much you want to talk on that, but that is the kind of guy you want at your house when something like that goes down, because I like, like buddy, I've been, i uh, you know, I've had things go down, you know, whether it was my dad passing away or what whatever happens in life. And I remember one night specifically, I was on a bus ride from Salt Lake City to Park City, Utah. And Tim was just now getting the pilot uh, sent to him from CMT, from that TV show that he was getting ready to do with the oh, yeah. And he was on the Polaris and he was doing, blowing shit up. And I just remember how humble he was about, oh yeah, man, we got to do this together and let's do this. And I just like, I literally like fell in love with the guy because of the way that, how you just described of how it's not about him. He's always looking to help. and I And I've learned a lot from him too. And I bet you I'm 45 years old, so I'm probably... 10 years older than than tim i'm 12 13 years older than you um i've learned a ton being around that guy and i'm sure that when you go through something like you did the hardest part about that deal for me is the public eye part of it of like how things are publicly transmitted and then you got then you but you're trying to stay personal so man like when you're going through that stuff like i i would love i would it would be the best to have somebody like tim montana in your corner for sure
1: Dude, he was the guy, man, because you don't know how to handle that type of stuff, man. And then you get the public eye, and then you got a bunch of opinions going around. You got a bunch of people trying to do – you know, wanting to do book reports uh, uh, after reading one chapter and hearing one side. And, you know, for me, what I did uh, – and it took me a while to get out – was I, I I, I, retracted. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, God, what's everybody – you know, this. This isn't true. This is that. How do we do – you know, what, what, what are people thinking? Like, this is – it all just happened, and, you know, I, I'm not – the person like point fingers or or try to try to, you know, start, start that type of conversation, but it was just really tough, man. And I, I I found myself, you know, feeling real depressed about stuff, you know, just really just kind of feeling shameful, uh, just not, not, you know, thinking that, well, people aren't hearing both sides of this, you know, this is not how a lot of this went down. Um, Tim was a dude that was like, all right, let's go, (laughs) you know, and like, and help pull me out of that uh, time because I just felt, dude, I mean, and this that's not me at all, man. But I, you know, I feel like I'd wake up in the mornings and I could stare at the wall for 14 hours and that's fine. You know, I'd, I'd walk, I'd find myself just roaming around my house for no reason, just the, the weirdest things and not really talking to nobody really staying alone. And I'm not, I'm not good alone. <laughs> so that, that was even worse. And, and, uh, and so Tim was a, Tim was a dude that, that just helped me get out of that. And I think, think too, you know, he's, he's had his, uh, you know, struggles with with life you know, like we all have and so what, what I think is cool with him is is he he gets, takes what he's been through in his past in his life and and helps helps you uh get through that uh moment and and I think he could kind of see that I was probably going down a down a dark dark place pretty fast and he was the guy that uh that pulled me out of it, man. so
0: well man I'm glad to hear it because I think you're a badass dude and I think that I uh you know speaking of Tim's life he did a podcast with me from that same duck camp uh, that the wrestling match occurred to at the Ledeus and he was so open and so raw and so honest and so like holy shit that really happened to you kind of vibe in Montana to his travels and everything and then all and then he pulled it from me and he told me why, and you could ask him why, but if I'm ever allowed to put that podcast anywhere and people can hear what this man endured and how he, how he stays this optimistic, it shows me that we can all do it. Like, Hey, there are going to be Rocky times and and there's this, you know, we, you could go into a dentist office and read the most motivational quotes in the world <laughs> and, and, you know, they get old, but there is that one yeah. that's, there is that country song that says storms never last, you know, but yeah. good, but strong people do. and, I think that's what Tim Montana comes into your life for, is to be that guy, even though he runs with the Charlie Sheens and the Billy Gibbons and the Buffalo Bills and all of the celebrities and the Michael Rays, and I mean, he's got a network that is astonishing, but down deep into his core he's just a front porch picking storytelling redneck that likes to have a cold beer or a a highball and be with family and that's where i picture you going through that turmoil is tim getting you in his truck driving you to your family's property in florida on that on your dad's pasture and getting in amongst some trees and some friends and just being able to cut up and that's what's going to have that's what has to happen to get through some shit like that right
1: Dude, absolutely, man. You know, yeah, going even, you know, going to his house just hanging in the garage, you know, and uh firing up the trigger, having some drinks, just listening to music just talking and 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 like you said, man, if anybody knows his his past story for someone like him to uh to still be optimistic and uplifting that that, that speaks that speaks volumes because he's he's been been through a lot of stuff and uh I think just somebody being able to see a friend and go, okay, he might not be telling it to nobody, but I know him. And so I'm going to say something. That's a ballsy move for, for a friend to do outside of, uh, of anybody asking. And I think that, that that's one of the great things about Tim man, is he's, he sees that stuff and goes, yeah, you're not going down that route, pal. <laughs> you know, let's I go over it. here. And, and, uh, and yeah, man, he picked me up. We go to his house when we went duck hunting, we, you know, all, all of that. And, and just, that's, that's how, that's how you get out of that stuff, man, is get out and start realizing, okay, life goes, and okay, you just got to, kind of have somebody slap you, you know, go, Oh shit, here I am. Okay. Uh, I got to get out of this. And like you said, dude, life's too precious, man. We're not, we're not promised the next 20 seconds, let alone a year from now, you know? And, and, uh, and I think, uh, I think having, having those people in your life makes it even uh, more valuable and makes you want to live out. Like you said, you know, you're swimming in the pool with your 10 year old daughter, man, you want to be able to be the best. You want to be able to be able to enjoy those moments and, and, uh, and sometimes life can punch you in the face and, Dulls out all those moments, and you think life is just this pain thing, you know, that you're just going through. And and then in the pandemic and all that other stuff that was happening, uh, it's good to have somebody just smack you around and go, Hey, dude, life's important. And you know, Joe Diffie has a song called Ships that Don't Come In, and there's a line in it that says, God made life a gamble, but we're still in the game. And uh, that that has been a, my quote for the last year, I think how that's helped me so much. Of is, you know, it, it, it might be tough, but man, we still get to wake up and we still get. To, Take it on. You know, we still get to take another 24 and make the most out of it. And uh, and I encourage people to, to listen to that song during this time uh, if they're going through something because it, it speaks a lot.
0: Man, said I couldn't say it any better. I mean, I think mental illness and mental fatigue and, and mental outlook and focus and focus forward and positivity and optimistic. If you can train your brain to think that way and 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 feel that way i'm not saying that you're not going to fall off once in a while but it's 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 all about being able to to exactly what the late great i can't believe he's gone i had just seen him right before the pandemic hit and you talk about a library of songs that i could sit and listen to all day but when joe Diffie talks about the ships that can't come in and life being a gamble and we're all still in the game our chips are on the table uh, I, I look at it like there's a quote, and I want you to look this up um, when we're done here. Dana White posted a video. Did you happen to see Dana White's video he posted of Sylvester Stallone yesterday? I didn't. Go go watch it. And Sylvester still okay. Sylvester Stallone is like literally walking out of his house or something. I don't know if it's a selfie or if somebody's filming him, but he's talking about time and how we can't get it back. And, and now at 75 years old in the Rockies and, and all of the success with the Rambos and the Hollywoods, you know, he's freaking sly, right? He's like, Hey, mistakes are made. And his main theory, his main deal is like, surround yourself with the right people because you don't, you don't want to waste your time because when you're, when you're almost out of it, you really start to reflect on, man, I wish I'd have done this different. I wish I'd done that. And he's literally like sent putting his hand out there of like, let me guide you into this, this deal of like, don't waste your time on things that aren't going to make you the best. If they're not, if they don't have the same goals as you, if they don't have the same dreams as you, if they don't support you, then they're not for you. And a lot of us, a lot of us are, 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 souls that want to give and want to provide and you don't want to see somebody hurt you don't want to offend somebody you don't want to push somebody away but man in the end it's like you gotta you gotta have the right people in your corner like a tim montana to get through this freaking roller coaster they call life
1: you ain't kidding brother you i gotta say i'm gonna look that up man i'm a huge Sylvester Stallone fan and i follow both of them so I'm, I'm surprised i didn't see but i'm gonna look that up and uh maybe repost it. I think I think those those times when, when you when we start hearing it's weird to see our well, I guess the you know the Sylvester Lones, the Arnold Schwarzenegger's the the those badass dudes that we grew up watching, you know, and to see them now older. Uh but to know them as these you know strong young just kick ass actors, you know, that were just taking the world by storm. I think I think a lot of us growing up can really look at those guys because they lived it. and yep. now they're on the they're on that backside of it looking back going like like he said don't waste the days because oh. you know my grandpa always said if you if you wake up and open your eyes you're doing better than a lot and there, think there's about a lot of that. People that
0: think about that man Bro, you I love hearing I love hearing you talk like that. That's the inspiration behind lyrics right there, man. That's what I love mm-hmm. about what you get to do for a living and telling that story in three, three and a half minutes. It's like if you take what your grandpa would tell you and you put that into a song, it's amazing how your words can touch somebody, just like Schwarzenegger and Stallone motivated us for so many years to wake up and do abs and go run through the snow (laughs) with a telephone pole on our back to fight Dolph Lundgren. And even when you're against the big Russian that killed Apollo Creed, you can come through it. And that's what Survivor sang about with Eye of the Tiger and in the Burning Heart. And that's that's what Lincoln Hawk did when he turned his hat around backwards and over the top and arm wrestled all those big dudes, and one to get his son's love back, and beat Terry Funk, and throw him through the doors of of his grandpa's, you know, suite in Vegas. Like all of that, all of that Americana stuff that you look back in our culture of growing up. When I did, I look at it like, man, I was being taught every step of the way and being molded into this mindset. That 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 now I think I have a pretty good positive outlook on life. But again, you gotta find that mindset.
1: You have to man, and, and I think I think we were we were so fortunate to grow up in that generation where we you could you know I remember my my parents divorced when I was eight, and um, you know my family uh, they're, they're they're first they first responders they're uh, tell you know telephone uh, splicers they're they're hardworking uh, you know we we just a all American middle class family you know grew up in a double wide trailer and I, I played music with my band but I didn't know anybody in Nashville but you know who got me. It motivated me was Rocky, all those movies and watching him and go, this guy came from nothing. And Rocky won when he's, you know, he's, he's, he's the the guy that the, the, the drug Lord send to, or, you know, the book he sent to kick the guy's ass and break his thumbs, you know, yeah. but but then you see that he's not that guy. Yeah. He's just trying to do it to get to this point, you know? And I think we got, we got very fortunate to grow up in a time where those movies were around and if we could kind of, we, we, it it took us out of our own thing. Like, like live music does like concerts do takes us out of where you're at and goes, well, if this guy can do it, I can do it. If this guy can make this happen, then man, I could do it. You just sit there and study those. And I remember watching all the Rocky movies and, and, and just always being inspired when I was on radio tour and, uh, and we went through uh we went through philly we were down down the road and i was like i gotta see where this is at i gotta see where the statue and the stairs are and uh so we had to leave the next day but i found it i woke up early went there by myself and i took it was like it was it was all these fathers and their sons and everybody coming up and they got the rocky statue and i'm like i gotta do it so i put eye of the tiger on by myself at like six in the morning ran up the stairs dude i like, took selfies with the with the statue I look like a fool i'm sure but it was just it was like a childhood moment for me, man. I was like, I get to, this is where it happened that, you know, and you stand up on there and you see all the all the city. It was uh, it's that those movies, man, I, I, I think we need more of those now more than ever uh, dude. that just motivate people to uh, to be better, you know, and to get, give somebody give a kid a character that he can lose himself into for a little bit. That's a positive role like that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I'd love to have just a whole conversation with you on. I was working. I was doing a podcast with another songwriter a friend of mine named Adam Hood, who's a computer, just a complete talent and, and really, really strong talent. <clears throat> but we were talking about he's about the same age as I am, and just that whole time frame of transitioning from the seventies to the eighties, and country music starts to get its it's momentum and you start to get the the outlaw movements ending. You start to get into the eighties and then you get the end of the eighties with the hat packs going on and you got the Garths, and you got the, you got the Tracy Lawrence's, you got the chestnuts, the Tracy birds, you got Travis doing his thing, which we're going to get into in a minute. And then, but at the same time, you got Quiet Riot, and you got all this hair metal starting. and then you got <laughs> then you got unbelievable metal starting like the Metallicas and all this, and then you got the Guns and Roses, and that that whole rock scene I think is starting to transition into real rock and roll from the hair metal band, and and, and then you got these movies that are being made that are like the Rockies and. Um, motivating and cultural, right? And I don't know if we still have, but I think that time frame between 77, all the way through 91, 92, 93, when I graduated high school, um, that, that time frame I think is such an invaluable lesson learning part of my, of, of the world's history. And I'm so proud that I was born and raised in that time that I know like what was going on with all of these different cultural stuff, like you just mentioned the the Philadelphia Stairway with Rocky and catching a chicken, or what was going on with Rodney James yeah. Rodney James Dio and rock and roll music at the time, and then the, the explosion of country music. Then at the same time, you got NWA and gangster rap blowing up, and then you got Eminem coming in in the early nineties. Like it was all like a, yeah. a badass time frame in history for all these cultural phenomena. I'm not saying the fifties and the sixties and the seventies weren't important, and I'm not saying that Vietnam and 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 the JFK assassination and the Martin Luther King. Assass- we had a way, uh, a lot of important things going on, but culturally it just seems like America was being motivated at that time that I'm talking about.
1: Man, totally dude. I, you know, I think too, uh, you know, I encourage any, any parents that have, you know, have, have kids to, to show them those movies that, you know, when they feel like they're ready to you know, to watch them or whatever. Um, because I don't think we have that anymore. And I, and I, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I'm so fortunate that my dad, played those old songs for me, showed me those old movies, you know, I mean, like the ones that he grew up on, you know, in in that, that era. um, And made me go, Oh man, this is, who is this? You know? And like, this guy's, this guy's awesome. Or or music, movies, whatever that might be. And I think it's a, uh, I just think it's important. I, I didn't realize it probably at the time until again, looking back on, on life and going, Man, you know, the Rocky movies, I can still to this day watch every one of them. Every one. Back to back. Well, if we have long travel days on the bus, dude, I'm in my back room. I'm probably watching Rocky. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I
0: love You got to be. I still watched all the time. But So is this rumor or was it a rumor about Travis Tritt? Are you were you are you dating or were you dating Travis Tritt's daughter? Uh, yeah, I am. You are? Yeah. Okay, so look at this interweb here mingling around. Like, the new record's about to come out. Tim's got a cut on it, I believe. I think Brent Cobb and Adam Hood got two or three cuts on it.
1: Yeah. Tim's got the new the new single out. The Southern new si-
0: Yeah, unbelievable song. Um let's talk about this man for a minute. Now, I don't know if you want to because you're dating his daughter, but you talk about where in the hell did Travis Trick go in country music? Because I've seen Travis live 15 to 18 times, and when he stops his set and he goes into his Wayland, you know, four-song renditions of Wayland's, when he does the Travis Tritt hits, his whether, whether it was his greatest hits for some of the songs that didn't make it on there, the stuff he did with Marty Stewart, this is one of the best of all time, in my opinion. Hands down. And it's so funny now that here he comes back in the 2020 timeframe, 13, 14 years since his last album. And he's with the Montanas, the Michael Rays, the freaking Brent Cobbs, the <laughs> Adam Hood. Like, it's bad. It's bad to the bone, right? Like, it's awesome to see all of this intermingling going on.
1: Yeah, man, dude. It doesn't get any better. I I, I completely agree with you, man. I, I think, you know, you, you listen to that what, what Travis did back in the day and the boundaries that he broke and what he did – um, I mean, uh, let's just talk about music videos. If it wasn't for songs like "Anymore," "Help Me Hold On," and those music oh. videos, and the way that he did those trilogies and the acting and and everything, it changed the game on it. And he and and I'll tell you this, man: the one thing about Travis is he's always known who he was and he's always known who his audience was, and that's who he that's who he's always gone after, and that's what I learned a lot from from him is is he knows who he's singing. to. he knows his audience and he'll tell you, he knows exactly when he's writing what he's writing. He knows if he's cutting outside song, what he's cutting and why he's cutting it. And, uh, it, just it, it just, it doesn't get any better than him.
0: Dude. I, I, I can't agree more of the, you, you just brought something to my attention that I forgot those videos of being in the wheelchair and, and the help yeah. me hold on. And, and, um, out on the boat dock, right? He's out on the boat dock in the wheelchair. Yeah. You can't, you can't not get sad listening to that song. Like that is Americana at his finest. But just breaking boundaries and the things he did. Whether it was the hair, whether it was the suits, he had the Dwight Oak, Oak the Dwight Yoakam with the kind of the the Elvis. Part of him, but he also had that Waylon and that outlaw vibe. I know he was a good friend of Waylon's before Waylon passed. All of those guys. I mean, the Chestnuts, that time in the late 80s was kind of like probably my favorite time in country music when the Chestnuts were hitting the Lawrences. And then you had Travis doing his thing with Marty Stewart. Um, He just did things to where you wanted to be a part of it. And that's why, if you go back probably five, six years ago in our TV shows, I'm saying things like, dude, where in the frick is Travis Tritt? There's no way, Mm -hmm. because, you know, Jamie and George wrote that song, Kicked Out of Country Together. And I'm like, where is Travis Tritt? Like, he's one of the best of all time. There's no way he shouldn't be being played on today's country music, which is a big deal to me. Like, I have a lot of conversations on who gets played on radio and how do you get a hit and a single and all that. It's a weird thing. We got a whole
1: other podcast on that. Yeah, (laughs) it's a phenomenon.
0: But... Now that he's back and I'm hearing these songs come out and knowing that people that I know you and Brent and Adam and Tim, and these guys that are what what I consider the best in the business. Now they're, they're working with Travis Tritt. That's freaking killer.
1: It's still, it's, I mean, I talked to Tim, uh, Travis showed me the video for smoking a bar and uh, I was texting Tim and, and me and Tim was just once in a while, like just have those moments where Tim's like, dude, I got Travis Tritt singing one of my songs. Like what in the hell is going on? It's it, it, he has that authentic voice. And one thing that I love, one of the, again, I go on and on about Travis. Um, one of the many things I love about him too, is you listen to this record and it's a Travis Tritt record. He ain't trying to conform to anything nowadays. He ain't trying to chase the sound. He's doing exactly what he does. And that's put out heartfelt jam, country, Southern rock songs that is who he is, uh, again because he knows his audience man and, and i think uh i think that's something as an artist all of us can can take notes on because a lot of people try to chase uh a different sound try to chase a different thing and he's always stood to his ground and and, and did did what was right by himself and, and his fans and, and kept that first and i think that's a uh such an honorable thing i think that's why obviously one of the most talented vocalists guitarists you just see this dude play a banjo
0: I want to. I think he's Dude, he's he's amazing.
1: Look, it's it's unbelievable. I it, it is un it's unreal how good of a banjo player he
0: is. I want to see it. I want my dream was always to be in the same room as Vince Gill and Travis Tritt picking. <laughs> like cuz I'm from that Ooh. air. I'm from that air, yeah. bro. I'm from that air when I had friends going Man, that Vince Gill's not country. I'm like, what? Like this dude is the like. And now at 45 years old, I have more appreciation for Vince Gill than I've ever had in my life. I seen him with right. the I seen him with the Eagles a couple nights a couple years ago when he was replacing Glenn Frey. But besides that, him and Tritt in the same room on a on a guitar picking, telling stories, singing songs, influences and inspirations on their lyrics and their songwriting styles, stories from the road. I'm telling like. It'd be magic. It'd be magic. But here's a story I want you to ask Travis Tritt real quick. And I, uh. I, was, I was trying to Google check it, and I can't find it. But ask him what happened the night at NRA. And I, he might have already told you this, but do you remember three years ago maybe? he's in, We're in Dallas for NRA. Charlie Daniels is the headliner with Travis Tritt. And Charlie brings Travis. Travis was with full band that night. He does an unreal job on stage. The crowd goes nuts. 15,000 people in this in this. In this uh, arena, basketball arena. Here comes Charlie, does his whole set. He's, he brings Travis and this other guy out that opened for Travis. I can't remember the guy's name. I think he's a local uh, Western uh, Texas music guy. They do Devil. And Travis is on this side of the mic. This guy's on this side of the mic. And Charlie's in the middle of the mic, the same microphone. And this guy is singing loud and he forgets the words to Devil Went Down to Georgia. And Travis is, Travis is standing right here, Michael Ray, and they got the big teleprompter screens going, and I'm watching. And Travis looks at this dude like, you did not. You did not just do that. And then Travis says something like, you want to try that one more time, Hoss? He calls him <laughs> Hoss. He says, you want to try that one more time, Hoss? And they they, they sing it again, dude. But you got to ask Travis if he remembers. I'm sure he remembers it.
1: I think, I think I've heard this story, and I think, yeah, I think – I think I know. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i double check before I say anything. But yeah, I think I know the story. I think I think Teresa, uh, Travis's wife, might have had a hand in that guy for getting lyrics. But I'll, 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 do, I'll double check. <laughs> oh, there was check. some <laughs>
0: backstage going on, huh? Yeah. Oh, you got to You got to text me and tell me the story because I'm sitting in the
1: oh op- Well, that's so funny. You brought that up. So I think I think I just I think we just talked about that the other
0: night. Travis looks at my story he goes you want to try that again Hoss it was the funniest shit ever man but man I appreciate it. I take your time let's do this again man let's have another one
1: bro let's do it dude I appreciate it man hit me up um uh when you get back into Nashville in next couple weeks
0: I'm gonna be there in a couple weeks me and you're gonna go get a turkey we ought to get Tim out there too and hang out one night
1: let's do it man we'll, we'll make it happen
0: all right brother well thank you for everything that's Michael Ray y'all check him out what what, what can we look forward to Michael Ray right now with new music coming
1: Uh, we got an announcement coming up in April when the EP was going to be dropping. Um, we got a, a a great, uh, collaboration on this album that, uh, that I'm really excited for people to, to hear that they'll, they'll hear this summer. And, um, yeah, we just, we're, we're working hard on this record, writing a lot and, and getting, getting everything finalized to get this new music out.
0: And will there be vinyls available for Michael Ray at all?
1: If there's a, this is the first album that I feel like would it would make sense to have vinyl. So we're we're talking about it,
0: actually. I love it. Hold on one second, Michael. Y'all check this man out. I'm talking from his very first. I would say that people would probably know you of "Kiss me in the morning. Is that fair to say? That's was, that's been the biggest one. I know there's been several, but that's been the one that I that was, was introduced one. to Michael Ray on.
1: Yeah, kiss you in the morning was the first one. Think a little less. Um,
0: think a little less was awesome.
1: And then, uh, and then, and then, yeah. Now, now, whiskey and rain's a new one out. So,
0: and where is it at right now? Can you give? Is it climbing?
1: Then at top forty. Yeah, I think we're at forty, forty-one right there in climbing. So it's looking good, man. Streams are up. People are digging it, and we got to uh, play a show for the first time in almost a year. Uh, and, and have people sing it back to us, man So that was pretty incredible to have a song that's been out for A few months, you've never been able to play it out And people were singing it back, so I was like, alright that, That's a good song
0: I love it. y'all stream it you guys request it. Girls request it. Get it in your ears. Let's get it to number one. I don't know exactly how the machine works, but I know it has something to do with airplays and radio stations all across the country playing it. Streams, downloads, get whiskey and rain. Let's make it a number one for Michael Ray, a badass from Florida. Can't wait to hear more, brother. Can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. Thank you all for I listening, it. man. I appreciate you. I'm so proud to have a friendship with you and, and uh, grow with it. And we have another mutual friend that we will talk about next time that has done some things to me in duck camp and in my own house. Dan Hendo Henderson, he's got some Uh. payback. He's got some payback coming his way, Michael Ray. I got. I'll tell you some stories about Henderson, um, where I really do feel like dropping the H bomb on him sometimes. And I wish that I was tough enough to do so, but I know from just playing hot hands, quick hands with the man, you know that he doesn't feel pain because I can slap pretty hard. I would never fight that guy. I can't imagine being Michael Bisbing with that punch that that rocked the world that night. I could never imagine it,
1: dude. So I I think I think I probably yeah I probably get try to get that story out of Dan every time we hang out. So I'm just like, bro, when you like when he hit him and then hit him again, and it was just oh, stiff. I I I was like I. No, I wouldn't. I, he gives me a false confidence when we go out. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, who's, yeah, I can do whatever I
0: want. <laughs> and the thing is, is that he I think he kind of irritated Dana White that night at the, at the end of the fight interview. And Hendo goes, yeah, I was just wanting to shut him up or that one was just to shut him up because that was I shut him up. Yeah. And Hendo won the second fight, too. If it wouldn't have been in England, Hendo would have been the champion of the world that night.
1: Absolutely. Dan's one of the best, man. I love that guy.
0: The man. That's Michael Ray. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. I got to ask you this. I don't know how it works with publishing. I don't know if you own any publishing, but can we go out with the song? We're trying to get to number one. Can we play it at the end of this? Or can you sing it for us before we go out?
1: Dude, let's do it, man.
0: Oh, thank you, Michael Ray. You got a guitar close to you?
1: Let's do it. Let me grab it. Yep. It's right here. Hang on one second. Sweet. Also, I've been ordering a lot. I've just moved in my place and I've ordered a bunch of stuff out of Amazon that came in while I was on tour. And now I don't know where it's at. So there's (laughs) supposed to be a cool Native American photo right here uh, (laughs) for this. That is somewhere around uh, where I live. I just cannot seem to have figured out where they placed
0: it. Nice.
2: I got it right here.
1: All right, here we go. It's called Whiskey and Rain. Here we go. It's
2: been a damn Beating on a tin roof it's been black label pouring on ice. It made a honky tonk out of this living room. Yeah, swimming through her goodbye. Misery loves company. Yeah, whiskey and rain coming down, coming down. Splash of the bourbon in a glass. Yeah, pouring something on the pain, let it drown, let it drown, trying to wash away the past. Whoa, since my blue sky sunshine, whole life hopped on that midnight train. Till the bottle runs out or the clouds roll away, it's just whiskey and rain. It's been nothing but a hangover, trying to get over you. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'm gonna wake up in the morning feeling brand new without a single cloud in the sky. Oh, but tonight it ain't the weather breaking. Yeah, whiskey and rain coming back. Coming down, splash of bourbon in a glass. Yeah, pouring something on the pain, let it drown, let it drown, trying to wash away the past. Whoa, since my blue sky sunshine, whole life hot on that midnight train. Till the bottle runs out or the clouds roll away. It's just whiskey and rain. Misery loves company. Yeah, whiskey and rain coming down, coming down. Splash of bourbon in a glass. Yeah, pour something on the pain, let it drown. Let it drown, try to wash away the pants. Whoa, since my blue sky sunshine hole, I hopped on that midnight train. Till the bottle runs out or the clouds roll away, it's just whiskey and rain. Till the bottle runs out or the clouds roll away it's just whiskey and rain whiskey and rain coming down coming down splash of bourbon in a glass
0: oh man buddy that's the number one that's the number one
2: thank you brother we'll celebrate big
1: when it is
0: hey (laughs) i will uh Let me say bye to everybody real quick, and then I'll hold on one second, Michael. Michael Ray, y'all go support him. Social media, website, merch sales. Get Whiskey and Rain to number one. Pretty soon he'll be back out on the road. We'll all go see him live. Tim Montana, our mutual friend, thank you for being who you you are. Y'all go check out Whisker Bomb. Tim Montana and Billy Gibbons hot sauce, pepper sauce. It is truly delicious i eat it on a bunch of my recipes that we're cooking right now this has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody thank you to jack daniels for believing everything we do enjoy it responsibly never allow underage drinking we'll be in lynchburg soon talk to y'all later